Hello and welcome to another edition of Chopped Greens. This, of course, is Give Me Five. I'm virtually across the road from David Hoffman, sitting all the way over there from the Netherlands. Hello, nice to be here once again, Phil. Yes, yes. And, of course, this is Give Me Five, the part of the show where I've got five questions for David. He's got five questions for me. We do not know what they are, but we will answer them honestly. David, uh, if it's all right with you, I'll, I'll start this week. I think, I think I've taken over the past two, so next week, for sure. We'll, we'll, we'll put a pin on it, and uh, you... You, let, you allowed me to start last time around, so... Okay, wonderful. So I'll give more... you this one. I'll, I'll concede. Yes, I'm more gratuitous than even I remember. All right. Uh, David, I don't know exactly how, but while perusing through my social media feed, I came across 50% election news, which that part is understandable, but the other 50% centered around a very upset audience from Bachelorette Nation. Have you heard about this, or do you watch The Bachelorette at all? I, you know, there was one season that I watched sort of the first quarter of it. I feel because, like every guy has one Because there was season, a few... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was hanging out with 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 a group that was very into it, so I was kind of kind of roped Fair. into it. But yeah, but sure. I, I, I'm I understand the basic concept. Yeah. So just to give context out there to those who don't watch, uh, present company included, apparently three episodes in for a new season of The Bachelorette, the Bachelorette of this season, Claire picked one guy who she went on one date with the guy proposed to her and the twist is that three episodes in we have a new bachelorette three so this, episodes in david this i did know this I, I saw a bit of coverage uh coverage about it from the late night com- comedians i know and, uh, and from what i understand it was actually well okay i'll let you finish i'll let you finish go I, ahead i know i mean it, it's totally fine to take the reins here but wh- i was just gonna ask you what is the worst plot twist you've ever endured Oh, okay. That's, I wasn't expecting that. Um, <laughs> interesting, interesting opener. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say was apparently apparently the guy was kind of roped into, sort of pushed into the proposal. But okay, worst plot twist I've ever endured. You know, so a couple a week and a half or two weeks ago, we were talking about Rogue One. I think the worst plot twist I've ever endured came from the Star Wars sequels. Um, the whole Ray Palpatine thing is yes. Some of the some of the dumbest, the uh, dumbest writing I've ever uh, had to had the misfortune agreed. of wasting my life on. Yeah, and you know what's bad about it is that it, it was completely foreseeable, but it was a mistake that you're just like, please, please don't go there, please, please don't go there, and then and yet and yet and yeah, it's like it's like to... Palpatine is your grandfather, and and. It, at that exact moment, everyone in the audience went, "Wait, wait, wait!" That means that that the emperor did he had with someone. It's, just a, it's a visual Ooh. image, mental image that nobody really asked for and nobody wanted. No, not at all. Yeah, no, it yeah. was. It was. Yeah, I, I think choice, I still David. struggle with it. Yeah, yeah, it's an excellent choice. Your turn. All right. Well. Uh, very much like you, I've been bombarded with election news. It's been a it's been a massive week, uh, United States wise, and uh, I think a lot of Americans don't realize just how huge the U.S. election is everywhere. It's people talk about it here in Europe. Um, yeah. So anyway, so Joe Biden, according to many news networks, pending several legal battles, results, yeah. is now the president elect of the United States. 
He will be the 15th vice president of the U.S. to also hold the presidency. Nine of those previous 14 have done so through the death or resignation of their president. Five were elected. Can you name two of those five? So let me just be clear. It, Lyndon B. Johnson, for, an, for example, uh, took over from Kennedy um, after Kennedy was assassinated and then stood for re-election in a, for a second term. That doesn't count. I'm talking about presidents who, uh, vice presidents who completed their vice presidency and then, and then went uh, and stood to be elected president. Can you name any two of the five? I believe... Ooh, I believe somebody along the lines of... All right, how, so I get three swings and misses, right? So three strikes. Um, can I sure. get... Uh, I want to say one of the Adams. Can I say John Adams? You can, and you'd be absolutely correct. Okay, John that Adams. That is one. That is one. Oh, gosh. Okay, so obviously wouldn't be the person after Lincoln. What about... What about... Um, what about... So if we've got John Adams, we got... Oh, I th- you know who I think... It, what about Andrew Jackson? Andrew Jackson is not a correct answer. Okay. That's strike okay. one. Strike one. Uh, I'm one and one. I'm just going down the list. What about uh, Grover Cleveland? I don't see as uh, vice president material. And what if... So what if we go down the line of... What about Truman? Harry S. Truman. Nope. Nope. Uh, Harry nope. Truman took over from Roosevelt after he passed away. Right. Okay, so then I'm, I'm on my last miss here. What about... Gore was vice president, but didn't... Uh, what about... To be elected? Man, this is... This is going down the line. What about... Oh, I, I, this is so wrong, but it just... I'm, I'm blanking on so many. But what about somebody like Jimmy Carter? Jimmy Carter. Good guess, but unfortunately, that is strike three, and you're out. Strike so three. John Adams was your first guess, and it was correct. Yes. Um, the the second one was Thomas Jefferson, who was John Adams' vice president. I wanted to say it, but I knew that he was. Uh, I yeah. knew that he was Secretary of uh, Foreign Affairs. So I, I thought that he, I didn't know that he made it all the way to vice president. But yeah. So yeah. here's here's a, some fun information for the listeners. Back in the day, back in John Adams and Thomas Jefferson's days. It was actually, so when a president, when there was a, a presidential election, the first couple of cycles, whoever came, whoever got the second most votes was, became the vice president. So John Adams Runner-up. and George Washington, you know, obviously ran against one another and John Adams was then selected as vice president as he got the second mo- most votes. And the same is true for Thomas Jefferson. Um, and then the, the other ones were Martin Van Buren. So he was also way back when. You were obviously right. Lincoln's vice president, I think, was Andrew Johnson. I'm not sure. Right. Um, and then the last two were Richard Nixon. Oh, Richard who Nixon. Who was... Yeah. Gosh, I should have known. Right. Uh, who was vice president to... Ah, I can't remember. Um, and George H.W. Bush, who was Reagan's vice president. Yep. 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 All these All these are ahas. Very good. Very good question. Very good. All right, David. Today, Johnny Depp was asked and complied to step down from his role as Grindelwald in the Fantastic Beasts saga produced by Warner Brothers. Following a court case in the UK ruling against him in his recent libel case, 
David, this might be a topic that merits its own podcast, but in, in as concise as and clear uh, an opinion as you can muster, are you a fan of cancel culture, and was Johnny Depp's release from the film franchise appropriate? I'm not a fan of cancel culture for what it is. I, I believe that when someone has done actions that are truly abhorrent, then cancel 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 culture will it, it will be done on its own um the the sort of active desire to to cancel people i i, I don't know i just doesn't you sit well with me especially thought, yeah, yeah uh, what, what was the second part of the question uh do you think it was appropriate in this case with johnny depp in his role as grindelwald no not really well it's difficult to say. Obviously, you know, I, I can't know. I can't possibly know all the details of what happened. Right. Um, f from what little I do know, um, Johnny Depp was was really hard done by by the by the results, and so no, I, I don't think it was the right thing. Um, like I said, it yeah. very well could merit its own podcast. I know that there are a lot of details. Right. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot that could be said about this. I would also want to do a lot more research before I talked about it. Uh, from what little I do understand, he was extremely hard done by. A lot of people are shocked at the the ruling. So, yeah, for uh, yeah, me, I, I, I think the most shocking part of it was just the the vitriolic uh, response uh, in in support of Johnny Depp. You, very rarely have I seen, uh, at least on social media, uh, support for the person of uh, of who is in question of perpetuating the the attack or, or the the invocation but also in this case i realize that it's it's um it could be a pseudo attack because there are claims on both sides saying that both there was physical violence on both sides so it's it's very it's a very complex situation so i understand your, right. your hesitancy right yeah I, I, let's leave it at that yeah, yeah. um your turn my second question. Most of us have shared the joy and pain of watching various different versions of Magic, the Magic Wall, as it is on CNN. Um, oh, yes. It's a, a giant touchscreen that, you know, shows you different allocations of votes across the United States in each specific county of each state. Truly a wonderful device. Um, <laughs> Philip, if you had a Magic Wall in your house... That had a function specific to your life. What would it do? So, hmm, there's two ways that I can go with it. Uh, I think the most actually effective version of this wall is probably something to do with sports, whether it's just gambling lines and and uh, going down to different uh, players and and seeing their stats, maybe their injury history, yada yada yada. But that's not really fun for this for this question. So what I'm gonna go with is I'm gonna go with like a friend wall. And what it does is it goes beyond social media. Just like you, you find uh, instead of states, it goes to like a picture, like a profile picture of a person, just the head outline. You know, kind of like you see with uh, with any of the candidates, just their just their best picture, what have you. And uh, you click on it, and then it has just different subjects, whether it be subjects to talk about, subjects to stay away from, uh, sibling info. Because uh, I'm just, I'm horrible when it comes, and sometimes, gosh darn it, names. Because I could just use, you know, people's pictures and then just put a name to it because I 
Good golly, am I? I'm horrible. I'm the worst in names. I'm pretty good at details. Sometimes I just forget like certain subjects to stay away from at times. Um, but there's certainly, I think everybody could use a friend wall that isn't Facebook wall because that's just that's just monologues for everybody. But uh, I'm gonna go with a friend wall. That that sounds fun, and I would be like John King, just just tapping away. That 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 sounds wonderful. Yeah, it's a great idea. I like the sports thing too, actually. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of that, that that's the direction I would have gone as well. Uh, in yeah, reality, probably, yeah, that it's not fun, but it it probably would be the most uh, efficient for my life. Um, all right, David, we are recording this podcast here in the U.S. on November sixth, which is a very special day in the Amarine household. It is my sister's birthday. Uh, Beth Amarine turns 16 today, friend of the podcast, Beth Amarine. So a warm happy birthday there, David, uh, to my sister. Yes, how happy, many... happy birthday. Yes, thank you. Uh, how many siblings do you have, David, and what is the best gift you have given any one of them? I have one older sister and one younger brother. And best gift... <sighs> Hard to pick, like, one truly outstanding gift. I don't think I've ever really had, you know, that one... I don't know. I feel like if I, if I, ever, if I ever gave either of my siblings, like, one truly, like, the pinnacle of all gifts... Just your presence then I would never be able to match gift that keeps on giving, David? Is that what you're trying well, to say? Well, I mean, that goes without saying. But, of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> Well, so with my sister, I, there was there was this um, this uh, necklace that I got her, that uh, it was a dragonfly, um, and it had like a like a turquoisey. I don't know. It, it was really nice, and it like it it was the kind of thing that she would really love. So that's um, that's so something. I don't know. If, I don't know necklace. if it's the. And then my brother. Again, this is a really small gift. It was something that I got when I was traveling. When the first time I, I ever traveled and visited LA, um, I on Hollywood Boulevard, I found him a white cap that said director on the front. And at the time, my brother was like, <laughs> he would have been like eight or nine years old. So, so it was, I don't know. I, I really like, that was a nice gift that I got him. I don't know. Again, I don't think it's like the greatest gift of all time or even the greatest gift I've ever gotten him. But, you know, thinking about all, all those years, that one just, like, kind of popped in my head. It's so funny as as we grow up and how, especially having lived in L.A., just how absolutely touristy those items become. Because I'm, I'm sure you could have gotten my Love L.A., you know, underwear, and everybody's excited about it. Because it's just, it's something. But just once you live in L.A., it just, it's so unappealing. Because I know you and me, the few times that we went down to Hollywood, it was it was more of a trek than it was an enjoyment. It was it was just like, oh yeah, yeah. It just it's so, you know. I was kind of hoping and expecting you, you know, you took home out like some something to get out of the cement those those uh, star blocks, and you brought him home Betty White's star or something. That that would have been. Really <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, like I think a lot of those trinkety things are are kind of kitsch and meh. But yeah. I like that the the, dire the director cap was cool, and yes, uh, yes. he lost he lost it for several years, and then it turned up a few days ago. Um, so that's kind of probably why it popped into my head. So, but oh, nice. you know the thing with Hollywood, like we during the pandemic, it actually got so much better because all the restaurants were still there, ah, and they were still yes. doing takeaway food, but there were no people whatsoever. It was like a yes, ghost town. Yes, yes. Only the best part of Hollywood remained, and that was the food. Yes. 
That's that's true. I, I had forgotten about that. You're right. You're right. All right, your turn, yeah. David. Okay, number three. I I recently finished watching Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. Um, oh, yeah. Big time recommend. I think it's a great show. John Krasinski went from playing a comedic goofball as Jim in The Office to action hunk in Jack Ryan. My question for you is, what would be your two dream roles, and can you please make them as different as possible? Yeah, the beard certainly helps in that case, right? Because if you... If oh, you, yeah. That, that's almost a demanding thing where you're just like, we, we have to separate. What a stud. What yes, a stud. Yes, yes. Uh, all right, so we, we, go, uh, we go from there. Um, so my first role would probably be uh, in the musical version of Catch Me If You Can. It'd be Carl Hanratty. Uh, and I just, I, that's one of my dream roles left and I'm probably aging towards it, which is sad, but true. And so that's, uh, that's one of my roles. I'm just, I, I love the music. I love the, the comedy involved in that, in that show. I, I don't know, some roles I, I feel like in a show, the supporting characters, uh, either fit you better or you just feel, uh, more drawn to, or they, they just seem a better role all in all. So that would be one. Uh, the second role would probably have to be, so if we're making it, if, if, if I'm tasked on being a, a completely, like it has to be something different, you know what, I, I think I'd go with a, with a Spider-Man villain, because I loved Spider-Man growing up, it's my Marvel, it's my Marvel uh, su favorite superhero, not the one whose power I would want the most, but just like story, character, all that being put in there in one martini, that is my favorite character and uh and comic stand so i would go with uh, s uh any of the marvel com uh, spider-man comic book villains because i i challenge you to find me some better spider uh sp better villains you know outside of joker uh, in the in the comic book world some of the best villains so i would go i would go with any of those that's a that's an awesome answer i like that so what was I'm curious with Spider-Man was it was it the comics that got you that made you made you fall in love with Spider-Man because I know that when you and I were um, we're roughly the same age you know when we were little that's when Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man movies came out and you know if you were 20 when those came out you probably didn't fall in love with them but if you mm -hmm. were like uh, yeah, seven six six or seven then those were like the greatest movies. Oh, absolutely! They age horrendously, but but because of uh, just the uh, but I will always love them. I will yes, always love them. Of course. Uh, yeah. No. So what, I think one begat the other. Uh, I I watched like the the first Spider Man, and I, I it intrigued me, and I loved reading as a kid, and I I, I still I still read, um, but I loved reading as a kid, and so I went to the library, and just unloaded on on all the the volumes that they had not just like not just like uh, separate issued comic books but they had like the the volumes and like an entire season or library or year of comic books within one book and i would just i would just take that around to school and in my boring time i would just read those and it just it kind of uh, nurtured a love for me for uh, spider-man so i think i grew interested just in in watching the film and then beyond that i mean i I think even the difference between Spider-Man 1 to Spider-Man 2, I just felt way more knowledgeable and read more and, and grew more of a, an appreciation and a love. So so that's where I would go. Uh, David, uh, one thing that has remained since the start of my personal quarantine and the pandemic here in the States 
is a dedication to eat a little healthier. I emphasize the word a little because it's mostly just adding veggies to some ramen here, and since being back in AZ, making some veggie smoothies there. Uh, it's minimal, but it's slight progress. Uh, is there anything you have consistently done and continue to do since the pandemic affected you? Yeah, um, I have, um, <laughs> I have been running a lot. Yeah, I, I, I thought run, this would be your answer. Yeah. Yeah, my, it definitely that. Yeah, I mean, I've always, I've like, I've been running for several years, but when the pandemic hit, I had so much time that I started running longer runs, more, like I was running for, at some, some points I was running like 9, 10, 11 days in a row, which normally I would never have done. I would do like three times a week, maybe, you know, like two or yeah. three times a week. And I was running like 11 days in a row, and, and some of those runs were like 10, 16 kilometers, or 6, 10 miles for, for our American listeners yeah <laughs> um and sometimes sometimes even more than that so and and la is a wonderful place for that kind of thing um, especially at the yeah. beginning of the pandemic when it was nice and cool you know running on the beach running around the hollywood reservoir there's they there's say a running lot on the really beach nice is one of the healthier run. forms to run uh, at well least you on... get the cleanest air so i'll say cleanest that air, especially yeah. in a city like los angeles yeah. Plus, it's like softer um, on your knees if you if you subscribe to that type of. Well, uh, I run on the beach path. Like otherwise, uh, like, you uh, know, so, that, yeah, that's a you totally go. different kind of exercise. Yes, yes, yes. Mad workout of your of your calf muscles if you are running on the sand. And then yeah. the other thing that I've been doing more is uh, is writing. I haven't been doing it a lot, but I wasn't doing it at all before the pandemic. So <laughs> technically, it's like a, a counts, infinite yeah. increase from yeah. what I was doing. So. Um, yeah, no, that, that's another thing that I've been doing more, more cerebral at least. Yes, amen. Amen to a little more here, a little more there. Cool. All right. Philip007 was supposed to make another appearance in our lives yes, this yeah. month of November. Obviously, it was, it was originally earlier in the year, and then they postponed yeah. it to November. And the film was again postponed. And I'm sure we'd all be getting ready to line up at the movie theater again. Um, alas, we must wait. It might be even be released on streaming services. I heard there was a sort of a buzz about that, which I hope I hope it isn't. I would rather wait and see it in the movie theater. But um, what is your movie theater snack routine? <laughs> so as uh, my most recent, because there there are evolutions of this. Um, you know, when you're younger, it's more candy uh, invoking. Uh, the next stage for me was just really going hard and ham on the popcorn. Um, but now, as I've grown up, I've been more poor. So I, I'm more <laughs> trying to just uh, get as much as I can for as little as I can, which, you know, I, I, I'd imagine statute of limitations uh, applies here. I would sneak in uh, and go to Costco pre-movie, uh, pro tip here, and... Uh, grab a hot dog, and if you're feeling as festive as, as necessary, and, and, and it's going to be like a long movie, a Scorsese film, then grab yourself a churro as well. And, uh, you know, depending on how, how, how much, sometimes I just feel so guilty that I do feel obligated to grab a popcorn while at the theater. But I personally really enjoy the popcorn that I make. That's actually one of the few items that I make as a food item that I'm actually quite proud of. So I usually bring uh, my own I sneak in my own bag of popcorn as well um, which helps on the wallet as well as as well as I just enjoy it more so 
uh, yeah, sneaking in, uh, major sneak in, um, with hot dogs, uh, possibly churro, and just Costco. Oh, just what a king of, of just grabbing and go and, and getting your movie food. That's that's my that's my dirty secret. Not bad. Uh, yeah. There you yeah. go. All right, my last question here, David. Right now, I'm living with family, as I believe is your current situation as well, yeah? Yep, yep. And Yeah, and one thing that my family has is a snack drawer. And one day inside said snack drawer was a bag of hard caramel candies. I tried one, and I have been hooked since. Just, uh, the, like you know, like the texture mixed with the smooth flavor has rock candied my world. David, what is your favorite candy to end us out of here? My favorite candy... Uh, I'm a like I didn't grow up with American candy, so my favorite candy is is chocolate. But I you know I can't do Hershey's or any of that or even Cadbury's. My it favorite like a chocolate, chocolate is no 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 no. It has to be a better quality chocolate. Oh, you gotta wow. go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm I'm snooty when it comes to well most food items i, I, I was gonna say we're, um, we're just gonna limit this to chocolate <laughs> no it's it starts and it ends with chocolate but but there's a lot in between yeah. but i my favorite is is lint uh it's from switzerland hmm. they do it best um i do lot like i love uh lint just their milk chocolate but they also what's fun about lint you you know you see dark chocolate where they do like 75 78 80 percent cocoa Oh, yeah. uh, Lint actually do sort of like a half and half kind of, they have uh, like a, a 45% um, cocoa bar, which is kind of halfway between milk chocolate and dark chocolate. And that's, uh, that's really so, nice. Somewhere in between yeah. Lint and, and whatever else is that, is it like Haagen-Dazs and uh, what, what is the other one? The uh, Ghirardelli? Ooh, um, no, Ghirardelli's is great. Um, I, are you talking about ice cream now? Just ice cream. Well, I believe that the two just I'm just when we're talking about you know European chocolate, I just I imagine Ghirardelli okay. and, and then Hagen Ghirardelli's actually uh, Ghirardelli's from San Francisco, I believe. Really? Just the namesake yeah, is? It's, oh, okay. Okay. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. I, don't quote me on that. Um, but Too late. yeah, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure it's American and it's very good. So it's it's not it's not it's nothing against American foods. It's. Uh, because there are some great stuff, but the but the most of what's commercial in 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 the U.S. as far as chocolate goes is, is inferior. Um, <laughs> yes, or, or, or crap, Infer- you know, we'll say way. we'll say inferior. That's that, that, that'll do more gentle. <laughs> um, yeah, ice cream wise, I, I'm I'm like a like a, a gelato guy. You know, again, grew up in Europe, so oh, that's right. Yeah, you are gelato. I've I've never I had never I don't think I've ever had gelato before you. That, that was an interesting experience. Mm, yeah, Very smooth. That's, the, Very smooth. that's the good stuff. Yes, your turn, sir. Take us home. All right. Well, Take us, us home. home. All right. So it is now the month of November, or as it is for me, Movember. There is a tradition of growing out one's mustache for the entire month, um, which I have been participating in since, gosh, Birth. since... Uh, <laughs> Since I was uh, since I was about fourteen, I've been attempting. I've been doing it well since maybe seventeen. Um, so um, and and you you know you can if you if you choose to you can raise money for uh, men's health. It's an issue that's really important to me. And it concerns um, the the three main facets of men's health: um, testicular cancer, prostate cancer, and men's mental health. Um, so the Movember Foundation is one of my favorite um, charities. 
anyway, so the question is, uh, describe to the listeners the kind of mustache that you would like to grow if you were participating. Well, first of all, I'm just let me just say I'm glad that this is the the themed activity of centered around November that you chose. There's another <laughs> famous one that circles around men's health that I I would just I'm glad that you stayed away from. But speaking more more uh, specifically to Movember mustache, you know who I've always thought had a well, okay, so t- does the goatee that I I realize that that kind of incorporates both, but it's kind of a compromise between both. Yes, yeah? so was that I, I suppose yeah i mean i know guys who who choose the goatee if they're if they if they don't feel confident enough to go with the mustache i mean it's certainly in today's day you know in this day and age mustaches are not you know commonplace so right right not a lot I, of men i i think that if i were to able to grow facial hair cleanly and nicely i i would go with a like a tony stark goatee i just find that to be oh. so i just find it to be so sharp and i and i i like you know, crispness and, and everything in, in facial hair, whenever I see it, like, it, gosh, like, the most disgusting element of men's facial hair, and, and you know, there's, there's a market for it, so I guess that's not it, but the neck beard, like, the absolute, like, oh not even, not even just, like, the rest of the beard and the neck just kind of gets worse, but, like, I'm talking about the people who just, like, especially, God, in high school, there was, like, a, a sect of kids who, who, who like, they, they grew hair and then, like, it was everywhere. And then all of a sudden they were just like, you know what, for, fudge this. I'm going to go with just the neck hair. And there was, like, a neck beard society within my high school. And it was just, it's the most disgusting aspect of, of facial hair where it's just, like, you just chose the absolute worst part of the facial hair to, to let grow. I'd even be more opposed to, like, mutton chops. At least mutton chops I can... I can be like, okay, it's just a, oh, you know, it, it grows over and it just spills over. A neck beard, you're like, you're actively fighting against everywhere else and then just letting the neck go. I'm, it, ugh, it disgusts me. So, um, if I could, if I could compromise my way into it, I would go a, a clean Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, goatee. That's that's kind of where I I I would reside. I I thought I when you first um were you were. I, I could tell you were going to reference an actor. I thought maybe you were going to say a mustache like like Sam Elliott. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a famous nice, mustache. Strong, yeah. People, people. Um, the last time I had a mustache, people, I, I got this was the probably the greatest compliment I've ever received. I, I got told that I, I looked like the love child of James Franco and uh, and Tom Selleck. That is that's actually a yeah that is a that is a fair compliment like. You know, if somebody walks up to you and you're uh, you're a young woman and you're like, oh, you're the love child of of Barbara Streisand and Betty White. You're just like, oh, um, <laughs> thank you. But if it's like, you know, like Camila Cabela and and um, I don't I don't even know Mila Kunis, you're like, yeah, yeah, I am. Thank you. So so for men though, I, I that's commend a pretty... you on your creativity there, Phil. Yes, yes, yes. For for men, that is a dapping um, duo. My friend, that is that is something ex- to be proud of, and you excessively are. So I, I commend you for it. All right, my friend, that is all we have for today for the people, for the listeners, and uh, I, I'm quite satisfied with that. Next time we're going to have to uh, we're gonna be reviewing a movie sometime next week. We don't know what that that is, but we will we will talk off camera. We're gonna go behind the paywall and and discuss what what is. Uh, I don't think that there's anything new releasing, so. Maybe what is it? November? Maybe oh, we'll oh. find we'll find something. You know what we should do, and, and it's just off of what you said. But since it's 
Movember, we should do something for like a, a mustache film. Somebody with a mustache. I don't know if Tom Selleck's ever starred in a film, but maybe something for like Burt Reynolds. Oh, sure, he, sure he has. Yeah, he's starred in but, films. But here's the thing: has he starred in a film that's worth like reviewing? Well, I'm sure he has. I will find something. There's the Tom Selleck is not the be all and end all of mustache mustache uh, wearers. So, so we'll sure, find something. I'm sure we'll find something mustache forward. That, that's what we'll yeah we'll, we'll mustache forward. I like it. Yeah. All right. So Very for good. all of you follically uh, and festered and uh, festive people out there that love to uh, see any, anything and everything with beard hair. We will not be watching that. We will just be watching mustache movies. So next week, we will we will announce it. We will watch it. I'm so very excited for David Hoffman. You can find me at David Hoffman, double F, double N, and Hoffman w underscore F. actor on inst w Instagram. F. David Hoffman underscore actor. Yes, and I'm Philip Amorin. Thank you so much for listening to another fine episode. Please subscribe. Please keep on listening. We'll be back better and bigger next week. Until then, ciao. Ciao, ciao.